A famous writer, a Catholic author, during an interview once stated, Every morning I wake up thinking, good, another 24 hours of pipe smoking. Do you have any idea who said that? I'll tell you the answer coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Hello once again. Glad to have you along for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And I hope I hope your Lent is going well. If not, well, that's okay. You know, what's past is past. Just turn around, make it a good Lent starting right now. So, all right, that quote, which Catholic author said it? Every morning I wake up thinking, good, another 24 hours of pipe smoking. Well, the interview was published in the Daily Telegraph magazine in March of 1968. The person being interviewed was the man who created Middle Earth, J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien's work was, of course, popular during his life, but it seems to have risen to new levels of popularity over the last couple of decades, first with the big uh, epic Lord of the Rings movies. Those were followed by the Hobbit movies. And most recently, Amazon produced that series, The Rings of Power. I, I haven't seen that series. I watched the other movies. And now Warner Brothers has the rights to all of these works, and they're working to build out more movies based in that Middle Earth uh, uh, imagined land by Tolkien. I think the reason that people love the original stories from Tolkien is because they deal with the core issues that we all face as, as individuals, as humans. They deal with fear, overcoming fear, with courage, temptation, loyalty, and ultimately good versus evil. You might know that story of the Lord of the Rings. There's Frodo, this little hobbit. He finds himself in possession of a ring, a ring of power, that one ring that symbolizes evil, and it's connected in a real way to the Dark Lord Sauron. And Frodo is joined by companions. They set out to destroy the ring. They want to rid Middle-earth of evil. However, the, the ring, it can only be destroyed one way, by throwing it into the fires of Mount Doom in this faraway land of Mordor. And so Frodo and his companions, they have all kinds of adventures, all kinds of close calls as they travel out there. But Frodo, as he continues to carry the ring, he finds himself struggling. He wants the power that the ring contains. Even though at first he didn't, the longer he is around it, he's continually tempted. But he keeps resisting up until the end, until finally where he's exhausted, he's dehydrated, he's beaten up. He's standing there in the heart of Mount Doom where he could, all he has to do is just throw it, let go of it. He can destroy that ring for good, but he succumbs to the draw of the ring. He places it on his finger and claims it as his. Now, there's another character in the story who's been journeying along to Mount Doom, and he's obsessed with wanting the ring as well. This is Gollum, and he, he there's this whole long backstory with Gollum, but point is, he's so overwhelmed with needing the ring that he's willing to do anything to get to it. To the point of, finally there in Mount Doom, he bites off Frodo's finger, the finger that's wearing the ring. And now, with the ring in his possession, Gollum is so ecstatic 
that he doesn't pay attention to his surroundings. His focus is only on the ring, nothing else. It's the thing he's been trying to get for years. And he loses his footing because he's not paying attention to where he is. He loses his footing on the cliffs there in Mount Doom, and he falls down into the fire, into the lava, taking the ring with him. And it's finally destroyed, freeing Middle-earth from the evil of Sauron. That temptation and the giving into it. For Frodo, it leaves him with a permanent scar, the loss of his finger. And then there's a much greater cost for Gollum. He loses his life. J.R.R. Tolkien, as I mentioned, was a Catholic. He was a devout Catholic. So you can see that correlation between the ring and the burden that each of us have with the original sin, or that stain of original sin passed down from Adam and Eve. Like Frodo, you might face moments where the temptation can feel overwhelming. You feel like you don't have any hope of avoiding the sin in front of you. Well, Tolkien, he was very deliberate about the destruction of the ring. The ring is destroyed on one specific day. It's one of only two dates that are given in the entire story of the Lord of the Rings. The ring is destroyed on March 25th just a little over two weeks from now. Why is March 25th significant? It's because that's the Feast of the Annunciation. When the Archangel Gabriel tells Mary that she's been chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world, and when Mary accepts her role in salvation history, she says those words, be it done unto me according to your word. At that moment, that's when Jesus is incarnate. He then is fully God and fully human, and he's born nine months later, living those 33 years, dying on a cross, rising from the grave. And Mary's acceptance, her yes, it opens the door for all of humanity to be saved. It gives us hope for good to triumph over evil. And it also gives us the hope to resist temptation now that the stain of original sin can be washed away. But even though that stain of original sin can be washed away, we still struggle with temptation. So how can we overcome temptation? And how can facing temptation even help us to grow in holiness? Well, that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about those temptations that we face in our lives, and more importantly, some of the practical ways, the steps that we can take to avoid and resist temptation. And our spiritual director for the hour, I'm very glad to welcome back Father Chris Walsh. Father Chris is a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He is the pastor of St. Cecilia's Church there in Philly, Father Chris, welcome back to The Inner Life. Thank you so much. A great topic for Lent and for really every day for the Christian, and a great joy to be with you. Yes, and so are you Are you a fan of Tolkien? Is that, did you ever get into Middle Earth? This is, this is my uh, line in my, in my, perhaps in my humility. I don't think I'm smart enough to understand Tolkien. I, I, I've read, I sort of, I enjoy when people talk about it because it, it appeals to a part of my brain, but I'm, I'm not the scholar I probably should be uh, or as well-versed as I should be, but it, uh, it's great stuff. I'm much more of a nonfiction guy than a fiction guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I've never been a big fan of fantasy fiction myself, but I, Tolkien is the one that I've, I've been able to do and in joy, I think it transcends, uh, you know, just kind of a lot of the other fantasy genre out there that, that you know, people uh, read so often. But, well... And I, and I think that the, that that model that you just spoke of, though, of, of unlocking, right, is, isn't that what we're all looking for in the Lenten journey and, and just as Christians, right? And, and sometimes people say, well, what's the secret or what's the method? It's Jesus. 
Yeah. Right? It's Jesus and the way he sets for us. Right, right. Yeah, it, 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 and that's that's always, you know, an overarching theme of any episode that somebody will listen to here on The Inner Life. Yes, there are things that we can do and we should do, but if we attempt those on our own, well, it's rather pointless. You know, it all has to be reliant on Christ. So let's let's look at temptation here, Father. And, and maybe we can just start off by kind of um, understanding what temptation is and what it isn't, because at the very outset, temptation itself is not sin. So can you kind of help us understand, even though we might feel a little guilty when we're facing temptation, how we can differentiate, okay, this is temptation, it's not sin, and how we can move forward? Absolutely, because I, I do think that sometimes, you know, people will come into the confessional and, and very well-meaning, they'll say, well, you know, I feel tempted in this area. And certainly it's good to expose temptations to the light of God's grace, but you know, temptation itself is not a sin because we haven't made the choice. In order for something to be a sin, it has to be, you know, uh, we have to use our knowledge, you know, and our, and our freedom and, and make the choice. What temptation is, is a suggestion. Um, and, and the temptation can come certainly from the evil one, who, because he was an angel, uh, has the power of suggestion. Uh, but sometimes temptations just come from circumstances of life, right? I'm I'm driving down the street and I pass the the donut shop. Um, <clears throat> so it's not always just the evil one at work, but just the circumstances of life. But the power of suggestion. Uh, I would like this. This will make you happier. Uh, this will bring you greater joy. And and as we'll talk about throughout this hour, sometimes the thing that being tempted is objectively not evil. It may be good, but it's a suggestion that's going to take me off the course of where God wants me. And that's why temptation is unique for each person. Uh, and, the, and, and the battle is unique for each person, which is why it's so difficult to talk about it in larger context, but good for us to begin the conversation here on your wonderful show. Well, okay, so that being said, um, I, I, I'll open up the phones right now for anybody who's listening. If you're listening and you'd like to speak with Father Chris Walsh, um, you know, maybe there's a temptation that you have faced in your life. And how have you been able to overcome that? What are some of the, the strategies? What are some helpful things you've done to be able to resist, to avoid, to stay strong when you are tempted? Maybe you're going through that moment of being tempted, or there's an ongoing temptation for you. And as Father Chris said, you know, there's not necessarily just a one-size-fits-all kind of answer to this. If you'd like to speak with Father Chris about your circumstances, you're welcome to call in and, and uh, be a part of the program. The number into the studio is 888-914-9149. Again, that's 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Uh, so even though we know that how each of us might approach temptation and the way that we individually then try and resist it, I think there are some things that we can look in kind of a, a broad way, and that's the way that Satan works. Because if we go back to the very first temptation— in the Garden of Eden there, and when Eve is talking with the serpent, you know, representing Satan there, if you pay attention to how Satan tempts Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, a lot of what Satan says, it's mostly truth. You know, he only twists a couple of things around, or he asks questions, but most of what he says is true. So I, I think 
at least it appears to me that Satan still uses this same sort of tactic for us today. He has the formula that worked right at the beginning, and he just kind of sticks with it. So, first of all, do you think that's accurate? And second of all, if so, what do you think are maybe some of the most common ways that Satan uses this ploy for us in our present day? Yeah, I I, I had a priest I knew some years ago who used to say that, that don't give the devil credit for being smart, because the devil really only has a couple games to play. And I think you're right. When we look to the scriptures, we see some of the, the tactics of the evil one, and and they're just repeated in different styles. Um, first off, the devil's a liar. And so the idea that Adam and Eve would become just like God uh, was a lie. It was an absolute lie. Or the way that the devil lies to Jesus. You know, if you put your trust in me, I'll deliver the kingdom. He, he can't do that. And, and so sometimes we have to just expose the evil one, right? And, and that lie might be something as simple as, you know, if you if you stop and 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 eat this, uh, you know, delicious piece of chocolate cake, you're going to become happier. Well, no, I'm not, right? I, I might it might taste good, but a piece of cake is not going to increase my happiness. It might bring pleasure, right? It might satisfy me for a little while, but the the cake isn't going to bring me happiness. It's a lie, or the, the extramarital affair, or stabbing my my coworker in the back so I can get the promotion ahead of him or her, right? Th- these are lies. And, and sometimes we fall. So that's the one tactic. Um, and then I think the second is, is sort of our, our becoming very uh, focused on this world. Um, the, the evil one's always going to get us to focus on the moment. And, and the reality is that we might be suffering. We might feel forsaken. We might feel lonely. Uh, we might feel exhausted. And, and so the temptation to take the nap or to, you know, get the pleasure or get the recognition you know, yeah, it's 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 reasonable, it's understandable, but I'm not living for this world. I'm living for the world to come, and I'm part of the kingdom of God, where humility and delayed gratification, and a reward that's not of this world, and growth in virtue are what matter the most. And so, again, those two tactics of the evil one, right? The temptation to Jesus in the desert, you know, eat this now, right? You're hungry now, and what does Jesus say? Look, my Father is going to provide for me. Right. So so I think the devil often is wanting us to focus just on this moment. One of the great lines I learned working in the African-American community, though the sorrow may last through the night, joy will come in the morning. And so I don't need to give into my despair in this moment. I have to take the longer view. And that's always important for the Christian. The devil's going to try to get us to sink in this moment. Mm. Yeah, that's such a that's such a great point. You know, don't forget, there's a sunrise that'll be coming after the darkness. Every single day, it'll, it'll come again. That's, that's, uh, that's great. Uh, Father, I want to take a short break here, but when we come back, one of the other things that might be good to talk about here, too, um, you know, as you're talking about Jesus there in the wilderness, and Satan suggesting that he should use his power to turn a stone into bread, it happens at the end of Jesus's time of fasting, when he's physically at his weakest point. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that as well. So let's pick up on that coming back here in just a moment. Again, if you'd like to talk with Father Chris Walsh, today we're talking about overcoming and resisting temptation. Is there something that you are struggling with right now? You're not sure how you're going to avoid that temptation. 
You've tried and tried and tried, and it seems like you just give in to it every time it's in front of you. Uh, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Chris Walsh. Maybe you've had success in resisting temptation. We'd love to hear how you've been able to do that in your life. 888-914-9149 is the number to call in and share your story to provide some encouragement and some hope for others who are listening. 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you battling an addiction? Our sponsor, St. Gregory Recovery Center, can help you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, I'm Josh Raymond, speaking today with Father Chris Walsh. He is the pastor of St. Cecilia's Church in Philadelphia, talking about how we can overcome, how we can resist temptations. Might be small temptations, might be big temptations. What is it for you? What is that thing that uh, it seems like every time it comes up, it's a struggle? It just leaves you kind of worn out if you resist it. Leaves you discouraged if you give in to that temptation. Maybe you're looking for some advice on how you can resist that. Father Chris is here to talk with you. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Father, before the break, wanted to come back, as I said, and talk about Jesus. He's fasting there in the wilderness, and he's got Satan who says, Here, you're hungry. Turn this stone into bread. And this is at the end of these 40 days of fasting when Jesus is physically at his weakest point. And I think this is probably a good insight for us. You know, even if we have been spending a lot of time in prayer, we've been able to grow closer to God in our spiritual life. Well, Satan knows when he can attack us, uh, when we are going to be compromised. You know, we're, we're weak physically, and it might make us more susceptible to giving into that temptation. Um, so if we're going to be doing fasting, if we're going to be doing something else that taxes us physically, just practically speaking, it might be wise to make sure that everything else we do, it helps, you know, it helps to keep us as healthy as possible. If we're going to be fasting, don't short yourself on sleeping or on other things that you might need to do there as well. Yeah, and I think this is where, Josh, we can really get some great insight from our friends in 12-step recovery programs. Um, you know, they often will use the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, uh, that when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you're going to be more susceptible to temptation, whether it's to drinking, drugging, shopping, pornography, whatever. And, and so I think it applies for us as well. I mean, Jesus fasted for 40 days. He was hungry, right? Uh, for other times, it's, it's we're in a bad mood. We're angry. Uh, we're tired, right? It's been a long day. Uh, we have to be very cautious of what we're doing with ourselves after a long day when we're tired or when we're upset because of a difficulty at work or at home or a health problem. So I think it's just that that reality that we are vulnerable people. We like to think that we're superheroes. We like to think that we're invincible. We're not. And, and so, and, and when we're at a moment of weakness, you know, we're going to we're going to be tempted. And, and, and I think if we all look at ourselves honestly, right, th- there's something to that. And the rule of St. Benedict, which if you've never 
read that, your listeners, I just encourage you to, and there's some really wonderful modern translations of that. But Benedict, as he's giving his rule for his monks, he's just so very honest about, you know, the dangers of darkness, right? The dangers of nighttime, the dangers of being hungry, the dangers of when you have a resentment, right? Because why? Because these are going to be entry points for the evil one. Not that he's going to take over, not that we're going to be possessed, but that we're going to be more susceptible to the temptation uh, that we're, you know, going to face anytime, but we're going to be more susceptible to the temptation seeming realist, uh, reasonable and logical and, and worth our choice. Again, if you'd like to call in and join the program and speak with Father Chris Walsh, the phone number 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father Pam is listening in Chicago. Hi, Pam. You're on the air with Father Chris Hi. Walsh. Hi, Father Chris. Hello. Yeah, go right ahead, Pam. Yeah, my question is, I have a hard time staying away from marijuana. I try everything, and I just can't seem to stop smoking it. All right. Well, do you have a desire to stop? I do. I okay. I am actually in therapy to stop smoking. Yeah, and I and I think like so many other uh, temptations, it's probably going to be a matter of people, places, and things. So not being around people who smoke marijuana, uh, being very conscious of the times that you normally smoke, and changing that habit, um, and maybe the places you go. So I mean, there has to be some some real interventions, and I think you know finding you know some type of a support group with the help of your therapist might be a help. It's going to be a battle, but many people have been walked away from that. And I think that, you know, there's certainly likely an addictive nature of that as well. So it's not simply temptation because your mind and maybe even your body have a physical addiction. But with God's grace, you, you are going to be able to overcome this, Pam, with determination and lots of good people helping you. Well, Father, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more there, you know, because St. Paul, he writes in his first letter to the Corinthians that if we are tempted, God will always provide a way out. But if somebody is dealing with an addiction, you know, if if that's Pam or, you know, you mentioned people who are in 12-step programs, if I am that person who is dealing with an addiction, number one, it can be overwhelming, and you don't have the same sort of free will to avoid falling again. You know, it can be done, but it's there's more complexity to that situation so how how do we approach handling temptation when there is an addiction involved yeah I, I think addiction certainly impairs our will right that's the very definition of what an addiction is that I'm no longer free um, and, and so I think that's why professional treatment is is very important um, and a support system so that we can overcome. And we may need medical assistance as well because there, there is a physical addiction uh, besides the mental addiction that this becomes my, um, my coping skill, right? Whatever the addiction is. Uh, but but it is a, it's a little different than the, the normal temptation that I think we're talking about today uh, because the will is so impaired. Um, the, the temptation experience is gonna be very much the same. Uh, nowadays, they might also sometimes call it a trigger, right, where I'm, I'm thinking about going back to my unhealthy habit, my unhealthy behavior. Um, uh, and the suggestion comes. And again, like anything else, I have to slow down and make the choice. 
right? Whether, whether you're someone who has an addiction or not, I have to make that choice. Do I want this? Do I want that drink? Do I want that drug? Do I want this compulsive shopping? Um, and ultimately, I have to come back to the truth that it's not what God desires for me. Why? Because it's not good for me. It's not good for me. Now, that in and of itself is not going to make it possible always to just withstand the temptation, which is why growth in virtue, a reliance on God's grace, and certainly in the world of addiction, long before there was AA, there, were, there was a, a fellow named Matt Talbot right. in Ireland who recognized the temptation to drink and fully surrendered himself to the sacred heart of Jesus and relying on that grace, he was able to get sober. You know, I, I started out talking about the Lord of the Rings and the temptation that Frodo has with that ring. There's this one moment, and I think it's so beautifully uh, done in the movie. It's where Frodo just says, I can't, I can't go on any longer. I just can't do this. And his, his friend that's with him, Sam, he says, well, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. Maybe you can also talk about, especially as we're we're discussing some of these uh, 12-step programs, the different groups that people can look into, how friendship and accountability, these, these can be so important in resisting temptation. Exactly. And, and I think that that, um, you know, the, the, the church seeks to put at our disposal all the resources possible um, for us to live a life of grace. God never calls us to this uh, faithfulness to his will and then says, good luck, right? Um, he, he's always going to show us the way. Father, let's go back to the phones. Again, Father Chris Walsh is our spiritual director, and the phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149. Talking about temptation today here on The Inner Life. How have you been able to resist that regular temptation in your life? What are some of the ways that you've been able to approach that and overcome that temptation? Uh, we'd love to hear your story, uh, maybe some of the strategies, some of the different tactics you've used, how you've been able to maybe, uh, you know, certain prayers, calling upon the intercession of specific saints that have helped you. Maybe you are really struggling with that temptation and you keep on giving into it and you'd like some advice and some insight. You can call in and speak with Father Chris, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Gary who is listening in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Hi, Gary. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. Uh, hi, guys. Um, I have a strategy that's been working for me for years. Uh, anytime I give in to temptation, uh, I run to Jesus quicker and more fervently. And when I found the devil's tactics are less effective because he knows if he tempts me that I'm going to run to Jesus even more. So he finds that it's futile to tempt me. And the intervals are longer in between temptations. That is absolutely beautiful, and that is a testimony to the power of God's grace. You know, first off, Gary, as you said, you know, that the the evil one finds you worthy of temptation means that you're trying to live a a life of of goodness, right? The the temptations are most often going to happen when we make the decision. People will say, why am I tempted so much during Lent? Well, you're giving up your Friday night to go pray Stations of the Cross. You're going to adoration on Saturday afternoon. You're, you're praying as a family at dinner. You're, you're making sacrifices with the rice bowl collection. You're doing good. You're growing in virtue. And, and therefore, the devil's going to try to pull you back. And, and I do agree with you that temptation lessens over time. You know, the devil's going to move on. 
not that he's ever going to leave us. He's never going to abandon us because he's always going to attack. But but the temptations are going to change. And, and praise God that you've had that experience. The devil knows he's not getting you. And so he will flee. Jesus promised us that. He will flee. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Gary. You know, as you're talking about that, the more we resist temptation, the easier it might get for us. Um, we we kind of exercise those muscles, so to speak, you know, get stronger every time we overcome those temptations. But it also makes me think, do we make ourselves a little bit more of a target for the devil? You know, w- we are making those strides, being disciplined, you know, resolving to avoid sin, um, but then the devil knows, well, I've got to work even harder. I've got to be more diligent to try and trip up this person who's following Christ. How do we safeguard ourselves against those kinds of spiritual attacks as we strive to grow in holiness? I think we stay prayed up, you know, certainly mass each week, try to stay in the state of grace by not committing serious sin. Um, I, I do think, you know, simple devotionals like holy water in our home, um, reminds us of the power of protection of God for some people, scalpulars, uh, having a crucifix that perhaps we touch, an image of the Blessed Mother that we that we revere. I think these are all, you know, again, the full Catholic arsenal of, of staying prayed up, of staying covered in grace, but, but also not spending too much time thinking about the evil one, right? Our focus should be on God, on the glory of God. The devil is the, the source of all pride. He's the father of pride. And so if he, if he can get us to sit there and think about his tactics, and what he's trying to do, rather than the glory of God and the beautiful plan of God and the solace we find in living God's plan, then he's got us, right? And that's why I get anxious sometimes with people spending so much time talking about exorcisms and, yeah. and, and the power of the evil one. Like, it, it's why give the devil any more credit? We know that he's a tempter. If, if Jesus was worthy of temptation, we're worthy of temptation. We're not, we're not going to be off course. Um, but, but again, not to dwell so much on what the evil one is doing. We, we know he's there. We know he's there. We don't want to be foolish. Um, but, but focus more on the power of God and, and allowing ourselves to be protected by his, his power. You know, that's such a, a good point there. You know, when St. Paul is writing to the Philippians, he doesn't say, uh, you know, he doesn't spend a bunch of time working on watch out for the devil. No, he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And, uh, you know, I I think that's just exactly what you're talking about there. Don't get so focused on Satan and his tactics that you forget there's, there's so much more, and infinitely more, because God is infinite, that if we focus on him, Hopefully, it doesn't even leave much time for Satan. You know, the the closer we are to God, the less that we'll have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, uh, Father. Uh, we need to take one more break here. But again, if you're listening and you'd like to speak with Father Chris Walsh, uh, as we're talking about overcoming temptation in our lives, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine is the phone number to call in and speak with Father. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We will be right back. We'll try and get as many of your phone calls on the air as possible coming up here right after this break on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Uh, thank you to Nick Sentovich, producer here, helping make everything work behind the scenes. Thomas Engesser, helping to screen the calls. And if you'd like to call in and speak with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, the phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149. Talking today about temptation. Maybe there's been a time where you were tempted you were able to overcome that. What are some of the ways that you were able to overcome that temptation and avoid that sin? Maybe you haven't been able to avoid that sin. It's a struggle for you every time you're tempted, and you're looking for some advice, looking for some encouragement and some insight on how you might be able to approach that temptation and be able to resist it. And the phone number again, 888-914-9149, to speak with Father Chris Walsh. Uh, Father, before we go back to the the phones, there are, of course, moments where we we know we've crossed a line. You know, we've moved from the temptation itself to outright committing a sin. But there are other times where we might be resisting that temptation, and maybe we just kind of— let that linger there. And I'm thinking, you know, anger is a big one. I know lust, of course, can be a big one. But if I find myself angry, if I'm, you know, upset with somebody, I'm really just focusing on that last encounter. I keep on going over it over over and over in my mind. Oh, if I could have, I should have said this. And I keep on thinking about how I'm so angry with this person. You know, I really would like to put them (coughs) in their place. At what point do we move from the the thoughts that are temptation to maybe our thoughts have moved into an area of sin itself? It's a very good question, and I think that's why it's so important for us to always be wanting to develop a, a very healthy conscience. You know, we have to figure out what the sin is. So uh, can I sin in my thought? Absolutely. Right? I, I could be tempted, you know, with a lustful thought. Um, just excuse me one second. Um, you know, I could be tempted uh, in a lustful situation, right? As I'm, I'm looking at a beautiful woman, and and that could go beyond admiration, beyond admiration of her of her beauty and appreciation of her beauty, and I could begin to have a sinful thought. And if I entertain that, that actually is a sinful thought. I've made the choice beyond the the first thought uh, to hold on to it. And, and to begin to fantasize. And, and that's sinful. Um, of course, if I, if I violate my priestly promises or my marriage vows, you know, or, or, you know, in some way flirt in an unwelcomed way, well, then, then there's also sin, right? Um, so, so I think it's, it's for each of us to know. And that's why forming our conscience, because sometimes people say, well, that's not really a sin. Well, perhaps it is, right? And the sin might be pride or the sin might be I'm holding on to anger. It's a resentment. And, and so it is a difficult thing. And I know sometimes we want to say, well, well, you're okay here, but then when it crosses here. 
I think that's why we want to develop a conscience that's sensitive, that we're aware when we've chosen sin. And, and, and really, we're the ones that have to make that decision as we know ourselves. Yeah. Well, and then you have to know yourself. And, and, you know, if there is that anger or if there is that lust, is that pointing to something deeper that maybe I haven't examined? Like you're talking about, is there pride that is really at the root of this? You know, something that's more yeah. on the selfish side. And I've, and I've done that with people both in confession and in spiritual direction, where they're saying, well, I just don't feel right about a particular situation. All right, let, let's explore it. And I think anyone could do that with a, with a good spiritual friend who, who's aware of the spiritual life. Let's really talk about what, what is the sin, because sometimes it's not what we think it is. You know, I, I might be caught up in a, you know, well, I'm really angry at my sister-in-law. I'm really angry, you know, because they did this, really did this. Well, in truth, when it comes down to it, no, I have a resentment towards my spouse, because they seem to spend more time with their family than with me. Mm, yeah. So the real sin has nothing to do with my, my anger towards my sister-in-law, but it has to do with the fact that I don't know the relationship with my spouse that I wish I did, or that I feel that my spouse is pushing me aside. And I think this is why it's key for us. You know, we have these examinations of conscience. Well, there, there should also be, besides going off the script, kind of going down deeper and saying, yeah, Lord, where, where am I in my heart? Right? Where, where am I with you? If I imagine myself sitting here on a bench next to you, Jesus, and I say to you, Jesus, point out where temptation has crossed the line. What, what does Jesus say to me? Right? And allowing him to really reveal the stuff that sometimes we don't pay attention to. Uh, Father, we've got Ed who's calling in from California. Hi, Ed. You're on the air with Father Chris. Hi. Bush. Hi, Father. What I do is what I do is I think I'm crucifying Christ. I'm driving that nail in his hand when I get in a bad thought or something or wanting to commit a sin. That's how I handle it. I'm crucifying Christ. That's my yeah. way I do it. That's a, that's a beautiful way to step into the reality of, of what sin is, right? Sin always does hurt somebody, uh, including, of course, the pain of, of Christ on the cross. And so to be aware in the midst of my temptation, why am I not doing this? Well, yeah, this is hurting Christ, or it's hurting my spouse, or it's hurting my children, or it's hurting the community, you know, that I'm that I'm called to serve. So I think that's very beautiful to make to take it out of ourselves, because as we see again in the way that the the evil one was tempting uh, Adam and Eve, right, or particularly Eve at first, right, just making this just about her uh, and her and God, uh, rather than pull it out a little further into the much larger picture. Uh, Father, let's go to Mag, who is listening in Pennsylvania. Mag, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you on the air. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Yeah, go right ahead. Did you have a question for Father? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Um, I have a grandson that is diagnosed with OCD, and he has all kinds of thoughts that are tempting him to, well, at least suggesting to him to do things that perhaps he shouldn't or not to do things that perhaps he should. And it appears to me as though this is not being handled in any way on a spiritual level. Are these thoughts that he gets, these OCD-type thoughts, are they to be considered temptations? It's a really good question. And certainly it sounds like your, your grandson is really, really struggling. And, and OCD and other forms of, of, of mental health issues are certainly particularly difficult for those intrusive thoughts. Um, thankfully, hopefully, they'd be able to find him some medicine that would would help him. 
because uh, what's happening there is his brain is just firing all sorts of things. So we wouldn't say they're necessarily temptations, although he could certainly still be being tempted. Um, but but this is more of a, just a, a, a natural phenomena uh, that's happening because of his 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 mental and, and medical health uh, you know condition. Uh, and, and so hopefully through some good counseling, maybe some some good pharmacology, you know that that will will come about. You know it's certainly not of of God's desire. And God wants to bring him healing, um, and 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 OCD is one of those very very complex uh, conditions that that will take time to figure out. How old is he now? Meg, we he's didn't. Fourteen. Hear... There Father. you go. Okay, fourteen. Okay, Thank you. fourteen. Yeah. So he's so he's very young, and you know certainly coming through 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 puberty as well. So hopefully he can have a you know a, a team of folks who are really helping him but 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 to to, to cut to the, the heart of your question I, I don't know that it's all temptation some of some of it's the OCD itself yeah well that's also you know another thing that I I've heard people worry about especially if they're caring for elderly parents is okay you know my mom or my dad they're starting to get into this realm of maybe dementia or Alzheimer's yeah. and when there's not the same sort of lucid control that that individual has, there's not going to be the same sort of uh, culpability there on their part. The church would never, never hold somebody fully accountable for something they don't have that control over. That's right, because we're not. It, again, it's 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 acting in freedom. Yeah, you know, there's there's no realm of sin when when, when there's not freedom. Father, uh, again, the phone number, if you'd like to call in, we do have a few minutes left here with Father Chris Walsh, and the phone number in the, the studio is 888-914-9149. Talking about overcoming, resisting temptation today here on The Inner Life, and that phone number, 888-914-9149. Maybe you're struggling, maybe you know somebody else who struggles with the temptation, just like Mag talking about her, her grandson, you know, a unique situation there, and you're looking for some advice and some insight 888-914-9149. Uh, Candy is listening in Los Angeles. Hi, Candy. Glad to have you here on the program today. Hi, this is my first time calling in. Um, I'm glad it was a success. Sometimes I the the show is done. But thank you for taking my call. I am I like this topic as I have been struggling with not shouting, not hitting my my son especially whenever he is whining that's it i just need i just need intervention um i've we always pray at night we pray saint michael the archangel you know even after i hit him after i shout at him we always say oh still mama loves you let's pray right now you know and help me not to shout at you anymore. My husband tells me, let's, let's do it in a more positive way. But I would like to change, not for my son to change. Maybe he will change. Of course, he will change for the better. But I would like it to start within myself. Yeah, praise God. You know, and I think your temptation, I think probably every uh, mom, whether they currently have young kids or not, is sort of nodding their head in agreement, right? And wondering what the priest without kids is going to say. Um, I think first off, praise God that you're even recognizing it, that, you know, despite the just frustration of, of raising kids, 
um, you know, God wants to be in that and, and, and to recognize that sometimes the way we behave in our, in our necessary discipline of kids isn't what's best, right? And, and, and it's great that you're able to think about it sort of when you're not in the moment, because when we're in the moment, boy, right, all the emotions are flying. Um, and I think this is where the, the value of having other parent groups and certainly lots of uh, uh, resources that, that, that are out there to sort of say, okay, what's going on? Why is it that sometimes my fuse goes very quickly, right? And, 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 and what is it that the devil is, is trying to get off, right? So I think it always starts with what is God's plan? How is it that God wants you to deal with your kids even when they're really annoying? Even when they're getting on your last nerve, even when they're being disobedient, who is it that God wants you to be as their mom, right? And then once you know that, okay, yeah, this is God's plan for me, ah, so then I can recognize the temptation that's pulling off. Because right, God's not asking you to just do nothing, let them do whatever they want. No way. Absolutely not. But knowing how is it that God wants you to respond when your son or daughter is pushing your buttons, when you're tired, after a long day, and then sort of recognizing, you know, when you're being pulled off the plan that our good God has for you. You know, another thing that comes to mind here too, Father, is we're so, we, we are so quick to want to respond immediately, and, you know, if, if there's something where a child is in danger, of course, you want to respond immediately. If that's not the case, waiting a few moments, giving yourself, even if it's just accounting to 10 if it's, you know, okay, I'm just going to go into the next room and I'm going to say a, a Hail Mary or an Our Father. I'm, I'm just going to give myself a few moments so I don't react in the heat of that moment. Those little just pauses right there can help to take away the tension and the, the emotions that surface so quickly in the moment. Amen. Father, one of the other things that maybe we can talk about, and we've only got a couple minutes left here, but we, we, you know, speaking of praying in our Father, at the end of it, we ask God, lead us not into temptation. And I guess there's a couple things here. First of all, does God want us to face temptation for our own good at different points? Yeah, you there, Father? I'm sorry. Maybe I'm sorry. You, maybe you didn't hear my question. I'm sorry. I th- first of all, does, thank does you. Does God for, want us to? Yeah, thanks for being on the show when you're obviously struggling with a cough. Sorry you know, we that. no, we we appreciate you being here. So, but yeah, we, we yeah, pray. I heard the question. Okay. So I, I think the thing is, does God want us to face temptation? Well, God doesn't want us to sin, but God knows that the reality is we're going to face temptation because we're in the human experience as Jesus himself was. And so I think, I don't know the literal translation of what it would have been from the Greek in in St. Matthew's gospel, but I think it's the idea that, you know, God delivers through temptation. God, when we are tempted, pull us through. And that's the promise that God always has for all of our experiences, all of our crosses, all of our challenges. I will be with you. Mm. I will be with you and I will see you through this. Well, and as you're saying that too, it makes me think, you know, it's that he gives, he gives us the opportunity to choose him, you know, that allowing and, and guiding us through that temptation. 
it goes back to that free choice that we have. Are we going to choose God or are we going to choose ourselves, the selfish aspect? Exactly. And, and it's, it's every day, the test is, is, is every day to choose God's will, which is why the Lord's Prayer also has, you know, give us this day, right? I, I face the challenges and the temptations of this day with the confidence that God will see me through it. He'll deliver me. Father Chris Walsh, thanks so much for being here as our spiritual director for this hour. It's always good to talk with you. We're down to our last uh, about 45 seconds here. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we conclude? Through the intercession of the Blessed Mother and all the angels and saints who have withstood the temptation to walk away from God, may he give you the grace that you desire to be strong in temptation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again so much, Father, for being with us. If you joined us late, of course, the podcast, go grab it, go listen to it. The full hour will be posted here shortly at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Tomorrow, another great topic for this Lenten season. We're going to talk about attachments that we have, how we can let go of those, how we detach from those things of this world, how we make that choice that we were just talking about, how we choose God each and every day. That'll be our conversation tomorrow. Stay tuned. We've got Mass that starts right now in about 30 seconds. That's followed by The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. We'll see you back here in 23 hours for The Inner Life.